Welcome to the Further Light Podcast, presented by Wisconsin Freemasonry, helping you accomplish your Masonic goals through education and more light. And now, I present to you, Brother Chris Ludke. Listeners, scholars, brothers, this is Brother Chris Lickie, and today I want to explore the oft-overlooked three steps. Now, we've all seen them. When we look at the staircase, we have those first three steps, and they are often ignored and seen as somewhat trifling. We breeze over them. After all, when was the last time you saw a serious discussion of this most basic teaching? that did not devolve into the importance of the number three or sacred numbers or something along those lines and actually stayed on point, which maybe I will and maybe I won't, but we're going to find out together. Ideas and theses must be applied to be of use, and those that developed this teaching probably had application in mind, as we have seen with so many other teachings. Preston and the like created this symbol, created this idea for a reason. And nowhere else in the ritual do we see things that are filler. And so we have to assume that this isn't either. So the basic question is why create a symbol or a lesson if it does nothing more than remind us of the three primary officers? What's my goal? My goal today is to examine and provide some interpretation for the three steps in the staircase, drawing light to an oft-overlooked element of our teaching. Now, I should note that this is not an attempt to say that these are the correct interpretations or the only way of viewing the three steps. There are many more. My intention is to get you, the listener, to think about possible interpretations and perhaps find a way to apply these or other interpretations to your Masonic journey. So, whenever we deal with one of the teachings, or almost anything in this podcast, we of course have to define our terms. So let's do that. Now, as we know... When you look at masonry as a whole, when you look at the degrees, the entered apprentice is really sort of the child, the physical development. The fellow craft begins as a youth in masonry. And as you pass through the degrees, as you pass through uh, that first part of the lecture, we see him arriving at the entrance to Masonic manhood, arguably at the three steps. Now, from the bottom, the steps have symbols on them. Generally, the plum on the bottom step, the level on the middle step, and the square on the top step. But what can such simple symbolism mean? What deeper truth can it possibly veil? So I want to look at a number of different interpretations, and we're going to start with the three steps as more or less representative of the journey that you've been through, the representative of the entered apprentice. So the three steps may represent something we've already done, the lessons of the previous degree. This would round out the winding stairs and lend itself to the idea that the steps are divided into three, representing overall ages of man, 
the degrees or any other number of three in masonry. See, I had to get to the number three already. It feels like I'm devolving into it, but that's okay. We'll get, uh, we'll move ahead. However, this does not fit neatly as we would expect from Preston and Webb. When we look at other teachings, other ideas, of course, Preston really gives us the modern staircase as we know it. It had many more steps and many less at different times. But it would be really odd for him to put something in and just go, well, this is kind of this very simple. It represents this and move on because no other teaching of masonry really does that. There's never a simple teaching. So let's take it one step further. There must be something more to it. So let's talk about the primary officers. We are told that these three steps allude to the three degrees conferred. Likewise, the three primary officers, the worshipful master, senior and junior warden. Now, that is a really odd teaching. Why even bring it up? By the time you get to that point, you're already familiar with these people. You've met them in their role on at least two occasions at this point. So it would seem odd to remind the candidate of the three officers that have been such a key part of their work to this point. Those who crafted the staircase were not the sort to add detail with such little meaning, nor any deeper lesson. And I'm reminded that this may be like the five senses, where what was written by Preston is far more than what we see today. So let's move forward. Let's look at another possibility. Maybe the three steps represent the three ages of man. And for this, I look at Duncan and Mackey. I know Duncan is not in and of themselves an author uh, of the work. They're not creating ideas, but they are drawing it from other sources. So according to Duncan, the first three steps allude to the three principal stages of human life, youth, manhood, and old age. And it's not a new idea to expand on it. In youth, as entered apprentices, we ought industrially to occupy our minds in the attainment of useful knowledge. You've heard this before. In manhood as fellow crafts, we should apply our knowledge to the discharge of our relative duties to God, our neighbor, and ourselves. So that in old age, as master masons, we may enjoy the happy reflections consequent on a well-spent life and die in the hope of glorious immortality. Okay, interesting idea. Let's look at Mackey, who's going to expand on these ideas. So according to him, the apprentice, having entered within the porch of the temple, has begun his Masonic journey. But the first degree in Masonry, like the lesser mysteries of the ancient systems of initiation, is only a preparation and purification for something later. The entered apprentice is a child in Masonry. We see where Dungan's getting it. The lessons which he receives are simply intended to cleanse the heart and prepare the recipient for the mental illumination which will be given in succeeding degrees. As a fellow craft, he has advanced another step. And as the degree is emblematic of youth, so it is here that the intellectual education of the candidate begins. And therefore, here at the very spot which separates the porch from the sanctuary where childhood ends and manhood begins, he finds stretched out before him a winding staircase which invites, as it were, to ascend and to which, as the symbol, symbol of discipline and instruction, teaches him that here must commence his Masonic labor. Here he must enter upon those glorious, though difficult, researches, the end of which is to be the possession of divine truth. So to Mackey, the winding stairs begin after the candidate has passed within the porch and between 
the pillars as a significant symbol to teach him that as soon as he has passed beyond the years of a rational childhood and it commenced his entrance upon manly life, the laborious task of self-improvement has been placed before him. In other words, when you reach these three steps, suddenly you have the obligation to improve yourself, to partake in the actual labors of masonry. So the candidate cannot sit still if he would be worthy of his vocation. His destiny as an immortal being requires, as an immortal being, requires him to ascend step by step until he has reached the summit where the treasure of knowledge awaits him. You can get into more of what the winding staircase means with that, but basically what Mackey is saying is that these three stairs are the transition from youth to manhood to that point where someone must actually perform a service, in this case, self-improvement. Since we hear about the three ages of man elsewhere, this interpretation seems solidly based in Masonic tradition. However, when have we ever looked at a Masonic symbol and only found such a simple explanation without some deeper meaning, much less a repeated one? Yes, we've repeated themes like balance, for example, but not in the same symbol. We don't mimic the same thing over and over again, typically. So, what's another interpretation? Well, we could look at these three steps as beauty, strength, and wisdom, moving from bottom to top. According to Duncan, once again, these steps also allude to the three principal supports in masonry, namely wisdom, strength, and beauty. For it is necessary that there should be wisdom to contrive, strength to support, and beauty to adorn, and we're all very familiar with that. We know that wisdom represents the East, the master of the Lodge, because Solomon is represented in speculative masonry as the type of representative of wisdom to the character given to him biblically. For example, in the first book of Kings, chapter 4, verse 30, where you see Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of all the East country and all the wisdom of Egypt, for he was wiser than all men. So Solomon in and of himself is the idea of wisdom. So we've taken the square, we've related it to the master who represents wisdom, the pillar of wisdom, and therefore represents Solomon. Now, strength is represented in this case by the level, the symbol of the senior warden, and is represented in the symbolic lodge, of course, by the senior warden. The senior warden representing Hiram of Tyre, who is the archetype for strength because of the assistance he rendered by providing the men and materials needed for the construction of the temple. The last symbol moving down is the plum. Beauty, we are told, is represented by the junior warden as he symbolizes the meridian sun, the most beautiful object in the heavens. His archetype being Hiram Abiff, due to the great debt owed him for his skill in decorating and beautifying the temple. Now, as we look at this, this is basically taking those symbols for the three primary officers, the plum, level, and square, moving from bottom to top, and reading them as beauty, strength, and wisdom, rather than directly as the primary officers. Why would we do this? basically as a reminder of what is necessary, what sort of knowledge is necessary moving ahead. 
So, of course, when we get to the five classes of architecture, we need to deal with beauty. When we deal with the five senses, arguably we're dealing with strength, perhaps. And wisdom clearly can come in in the form of the seven liberal arts. So, definitely a possibility here. Perhaps this interpretation is correct. All the parts make sense, and they link to other teachings. But could there be, in fact, a deeper meaning? So let's keep going. Let's talk about body, mind, and spirit. Reading from the bottom up, we see the plum level and square, which would seem to correspond to the key teachings of each tool, body, mind, and spirit. In terms of body, the plum teaches us something internal, arguably physical, and something we can do within ourselves to prepare ourselves for the next step in masonry. So the plum is, of course, walking uprightly in your several stations before man and God. It is looking at yourself. It is introspection. It is looking at the world around you and placing yourself within it. But these are all things that can be done without a lot of external stimuli. Whereas when we move on into the level representing the fellow craft, we deal with the mind. So the level teaches us to look outside ourselves, to have empathy, and see that everyone as exists, sorry, to see everyone as existing on the same level, to neither underestimate nor overestimate those around us. Now this takes external view. So what you're suddenly doing is you're looking at the world with empathy. I, by looking at the world, I have to move outside of myself and it becomes an intellectual pursuit because, of course, you need to understand empathy, understand people at a cognitive level before you can understand them at an emotional level. And then we have spirit, the square. The square teaches us to stop and think, reconciling our actions with our virtue and where does that virtue come in? Well, it is found in the spiritual realm as the teachings handed down from our supreme being. And so here again, the three steps become representative through those tools of body, mind, and spirit of those things that we must develop as we move through Freemasonry. We must develop the body. Of course, it's related to the entered apprentice. We must develop the mind as related to the fellow craft, etc., so it is another possibility. Let's take it one, shot, one step further. Let's talk about brotherly love, relief, and truth, the tenets of Freemasonry. So brotherly love related to the plum. The love that we have for our neighbor is defined in all prophetic teachings and in stark contrast to cardinal love is embodied in caring for others, not always in a monetary sense, but sometimes in shedding a tear of sympathy for the failings of others, lending a hand to lift up the downtrodden, assisting in whatever way we can without expecting a return on our investment. The use of the plum in measuring our uprightness to our obligations can only truly be used for judgment of ourselves. Again, that internal, the body sort of idea. This line is not accurate when we cast it towards each other, we cannot apply our virtues, our ideas, to others. It only provides a true measure when extended from heaven 
to Earth, represented by the Sun at meridian height, or the plum. So in other words, at the end of the day, the plum is teaching us to judge ourselves, not to cast it outside. Again, this is entirely internal, as we saw with the last teaching. And it's represented by the sun at meridian height, or the junior warden, or the plum, because that would represent a direct line from heaven to earth. In other words, those teachings uh, from the supreme being, and that individual relationship with deity. Then we have relief, or the level. This is when caring goes into the physical stages of doing charity and flows naturally from the love of others, from wanting to genuinely assist and care. Drawing people up, rising tides, of course, raise all ships. And so the idea is, if everyone's on the level and everyone's equal, then shouldn't we treat them that way? If someone falls upon hard times, shouldn't we help them as we would want to be helped? The golden rule, really, in that form of relief. Helping those less fortunate, seeing that none go away dissatisfied, harmony being the strength and support of all institutions. Words that we hear from the senior warden telling us that that is perhaps the answer. That harmony is important, that seeing that none go away dissatisfied, that everyone has what they need. Mind you, not what they want, but what they need, because then we're on the level. Then we have truth, or the square, which kind of breaks up in two ways. First of all, we have the idea of honesty. When times are good and when times are tough, being honest often costs more than we can afford. We are thus encouraged to be open and honest. We want to be forthright in our dealings with man. We want to work and constantly work within this framework of virtue that we see from the square. But the square goes one step further. It's not just strict honesty here or strict truth in terms of honesty. It's seeking truth. And this is the philosophic aspect of Freemasonry and where Freemasonry is unique. Freemasonry uses the builder's tools and legends written by the builder's trade to teach moral ideas and moral lessons. We are hiding our lessons within these symbols and allegories. Lessons that allow us to keep our square true and thus provide proper instruction to ourselves and to our brothers when required. And this makes a lot of sense because the only way to understand truth is to understand virtue. And if you need virtue, you look to other powers, typically speaking or Masonically speaking. So these lessons that we're looking for, the philosophy that Masonry teaches us, is meant to keep our square true because, of course, we need to square our actions with virtue. But we can't square our actions with virtue if we don't understand virtue in the first place. Hence the teachings of masonry. And thus provide proper instruction to ourselves and our brothers when required. In other words, helping them out, but also understanding how to look at ourselves. Looking both inward and outward, represented by the square. Under this belief, looking at these as these three steps as representing brotherly love, relief, and truth then we see that each one is again represented by one of those symbols, the plum, the level, and the square, 
it reads well, it makes sense, and it would explain what we're doing. It's acting as foreshadowing, telling you where you've been, where you are now, and where you're going to be going as you ascend the flight of winding stairs. So let's draw this together. As with so many of our symbols and teachings, this simple set of three steps is actually quite complex and far from trifling. Those that wrote and framed the ritual were not known for filler, and this is no exception. The three steps ultimately teach us, or remind us, of the most basic lessons of masonry, a foundation upon which the rest of the staircase must lie. The three steps prepare us for the mental development, education, and growth that we are called to perform later. And we can't have those things if we haven't developed the body, the mind, the spirit, if we haven't developed the ideas of brotherly love, relief, and truth, and so many others that we've talked about here. Without this foundation, we could not make proper use of the five orders, nor truly grasp the lessons of the seven liberal arts. One lesson must be understood before the next can be absorbed and properly, uh, properly synthesized, properly taken in. So in this case, looking at the three steps as a foundation. So give the three steps some thought. It can only strengthen your understanding of masonry and of our lessons. And at the end of the day, this is not the only interpretation. These are not the only interpretations of this very basic symbol. There are many more out there. And I invite you to look for the application of these three steps in your life. Whether it's as a reminder of things that you've done, whether it's looking at the ideas of brotherly love, relief, and truth, or body, mind, and spirit, or beauty, strength, and wisdom, or any of the other ideas that we have looked at here. This can be an important lesson, just like all the others in masonry. And it's one that we should consider, that we should examine, explore, and apply. Thank you for joining me, Brother Chris Lidke, and the entire Further Light team on your quest to find more light in masonry. Are you interested in learning more about Freemasonry in Wisconsin? Visit wisconsinmasons.org to learn more about masonry and access further educational content and more light. Once again, that address is wimasons.org. Any questions, comments, or suggestions, please email us at education at wisconsinmasons.org. And thank you for listening.